This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate, and a five-star crash test-rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, Ellie is out sick, so we have Matt from High Prairie Sportsman join as the co-host, and we talk to Bobby Hayes from Ducklander Calls and talk about duck calling strategies. Now for a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll jump right into the podcast. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A-frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention, our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on htrinnovations.com. Hey guys, another great company that we have partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at the shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com and did I mention if you're not in the area they also do shipping so that's great be sure to check them out guys we'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at White Rock Decoys be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks, silhouettes and fully collapsible floater decoys we'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or goose call. Alright fellas, so we lost the audio from the first couple minutes of the podcast, so you're going to miss the introduction, so I'm going to go ahead and say it here again. Um, we have Matt from High Prairie Sportsman being the co-host for tonight, filling in for Elliot as he's sick, and we are talking to Bobby Hayes from Ducklander Calls, and we're going through um, duck calling strategies, and all you miss is the introduction and kind of him saying what is happening during his season. So let's jump right into it. And uh, go from there. I said about two, two and a half weeks earlier, we had uh, enough of them that that you, you could go uh, that you could go out without shooting any brown ducks and shoot. So, and then we have a lot of honkers coming early this year. Sorry, I got some on the screen. It's just driving me nuts. 
we had a lot of honkers in early this year. So we've been shooting geese for a couple of weeks now as well. Mm. So let's say if anybody is on my Instagram page, I try to, I post most of our decent hunts up uh, as we do them. So, but Jack said, if you notice the last two weeks, there's been honkers in about every hunt. So it's pretty early this year. So we're interested to see what this blizzard did. Uh, I'm going to guess they did not move out, but they probably run bigger water. So you said you, you post them on your Facebook. Is that just you post the pictures? Yeah, just we'll post the kind of the kill pics as we have. So, nice. Uh, I used to make a chronicle every day when I was younger, but it's so easy now. You just take a picture and upload it to Instagram. You want to go see what you did throughout the season. It's dated and it's right there. Mm, is it in a chronicle you mean kind of like a log or a, a yeah. journal? Yeah. I used to write down every day the weather, where we hunted, what we hunted, kind of how the day went. But they say social media now, I just put everything. Yep, yep. So, so I know... Uh, my reference is when I go back from season to season, I can see what we did. Mm-hmm. So I know you said in the in the um, last podcast that you were thinking about going back to making some videos. Um, what's uh, What's the plan on that? Uh, so far, we have filmed the entire season, so there awesome. is uh, a lot of ducks and geese on video right now. So. <laughs> Perfect. So they, have, they have made their debut this year, but it's, it's, right. been a good year for, uh, it's been a good year for filming. So where where are so, those gonna, where can those films be found? Uh, we'll load them on YouTube uh, like we've done in the last four or five deals that we filmed and then we're actually thinking about doing a dvd again which i don't know how many people still watch them but we get requests for them hmm. so we, yeah i know i get asked for them all the time <laughs> so, you wouldn't Sweet. think but uh do you guys have a dvd players besides your computer um no <laughs> i don't yeah yeah i think Not we do have one do you I think we have one, but I don't. I don't actually use it. Right? <laughs> oh, I you don't. I don't own a DVD besides the the two master copies or three master copies from the old ones I made. But yeah, we don't Netflix and the computer kind of. But yeah, like I said, I still get asked for them, so we may make a small batch and see what the interest is. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. But for everybody that doesn't like DVD, they'll be free on YouTube Sweet. Uh, to watch. Well, I'll definitely be looking out for those. So uh, you kind of said your season's going pretty well. and um... Yeah, uh, we shot a lot of ducks, a lot of geese. Uh, a lot of specs came through. Uh, so we've done fair on the specs. Specs are better for us in January than they are in November, December. We Man, you guys get such back. a big variety. <laughs> yeah, that uh, Kansas is a great state. Uh, we shoot. Oh, man, there's everything. Canvasbacks, redhead, uh, mallards, uh, a lot of teal, a lot of specs. I'm not a snow goose guy, but we got piles of them. Mm. Uh, I don't chase the white one. And then, of course, mallards. But, yeah, so I... Kansas is probably one of my favorite states. I love places I've ever hunted. I'm kind of partial because I live. Uh, 
I love the the openness of it. Uh, I used to really like the little willow holes and all. Then I got out in the Kansas side of things, and I've come to really like the openness, the grass sprays. I like chasing them. Awesome. Now, do you chase any cranes that way too? I, I think Kansas has a crane no, season. No, I've never done the crane deal. I would like to. We we see them a lot. We never. We we do not have. We're not set up for it, and I have never done it, so I am not. I'm not versed in the crane. I've eaten them. They're delicious. Uh, but that is on my my bucket list to get into is killing the cranes. So. So that have you guys done it at all? I haven't. I've you know I've heard ribeye of the sky or prime rib of the sky. I really I haven't even tried one, but I've heard they're delicious. It's pretty close. Uh, it's a very nice little piece of meat. I had it last year for the first time. So uh, I definitely see why guys shoot them uh, for the meat because it's a pretty good piece of meat. So that that's on my, my list. But I'm also, it's becoming more popular because I'm getting requests for crane calls. Mm. So, yeah, hmm. so I think it's becoming a thing. Yeah, we don't have them in Indiana, but that kind of led me to my next question. I didn't know um, when you hunt them. So they do have calls and they decoy in and everything just kind of like other waterfowl? Yeah. Yeah, same deal. Uh, like I said, I'm not real versed in crane hunting, but from what I gather, I think a lot of guys use stuffers over plastics, but that may be because I'm not sure very many people make a crane deal. So that makes sense. Kansas, but I would have to double check that to hmm. say I totally wrong on that. But I believe they make crazy, but I don't think many do. So most of the guys that I see hunting them usually have stuffers. What is that? I'm not even sure what you're saying. You know, you uh, a, a, uh, you kill one and you stuff it, make a decoy, so it's stuffer. <laughs> I didn't know people <laughs> did that, but I guess I learned something new oh today. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, they've been doing that a long time. They use stuffers, yeah. so you mean like before people used decoys, they would stuff ducks and geese and yeah. <laughs> use it as I a full set? Geese. Huh, that so, would be the most expensive yeah, you don't get set. Them out and make your, just like taxidermy, you know, just like making a mount, except for <laughs> taking yeah. that would You think that'd be a really expensive set? It's a very expensive set that can't get wet. <laughs> can't get wet hmm. yeah but yeah, yeah a lot of guys used to come that way but a lot of guys still do it or no yeah i think it's more but i could be wrong on this too because i'm not a i'm not versed on the coast but a few of the guys i know that are on the east coast they still hunt over stuff so then hmm. I, I think like a big stuffer spread is two or three dozen but i'd have to ask to do that hmm. I'd, I'd assume that's lost its popularity because goose decoys, decoys are amazing. Yep. Compared to, so I'm I'm 41, so what I had when I was 18 to what we have now is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. uh, they're so much more realistic looking. I don't know if it does much more for killing, but it, they're certainly better looking. <laughs> so. So on but, the subject so of I'm the um, the. Stuff. On the subject of the cranes, I think, Matt, don't you have a, a tag for one this year? No, uh, I'm still planning on doing a trip sometime, but Nebraska is like the only state around, or we're the only state, all the other ones can hunt. We can't do it here, though. 
Um, nope. South Dakota, Kansas, uh, I think even Iowa, but Colorado, Wyoming, all those states can hunt them. We can't. I wonder if it's because they winter up there on the plat. Yeah, they say in the spring it's like the highest density population there. In spring, yeah, it's crazy up there in the spring with those deals. Hmm. I I had some buddies that had a some ground on the plat around Hastings, and we'd go up in spring August up there. I mean, there's piles and piles of them things up there. Yep, <laughs> they're they're thick all across the state. It seems like that for that whole month of March usually. Yeah, like they had to. They had a heck of a time trying to keep the trespassers out and taking photos of. <laughs> yeah, that the the birders are really they love it here in the springtime. <laughs> the birders, that's it. Yeah, I couldn't remember what they called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the first time I went to, I was like, "What is up with all these gates on your property?" You know, they were just like regular little farm gates. I mean, they're substantial. They're like, "Well, people like to see birds on the river." <laughs> and then yeah, then I figured out. Is people really want to see their birds on this river? Huh. I've never heard of that. Yeah. So wh- it's, what's uh, the deal with that? They just want to get out there and take pictures of them, like bird watching. I believe it's the largest concentration of cranes in the U.S. when they migrate back north. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. They people... go ahead. They they kind of bottleneck like uh, around Kearney, Nebraska is like. That's like crane watching central. They bottleneck in that area, though. And so, like, most of the continent's population of cranes will be through here. And uh, not just sandhills. You'll see some whoopers, too, or whooping, whatever they're called. And uh, people just flock there to watch the cranes. And hmm. Never heard of that. And they're serious about their, their bird watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's very uh, interesting. <laughs> I've got some buddies that build uh, that build binoculars and spotting scopes, Maven, and uh, like one of their biggest customers are birders. Hmm. Yeah, because I <laughs> guess when you go bird watching, you have to identify the bird very particularly, so you need good glass to do it. But. So. <laughs> and if you don't get it right, they kick you out of the group or something, or. <laughs> yeah. So. Huh. Yeah, I'm surprised they only shoot cranes up there. Yeah, you know, it's it seems like it's in the spring, but uh, I don't know why they want it let us in the fall or just close that, you know, the big area off and we could hunt the rest of the state. But it's, what's the difference it would, if we get shot on you or if it comes down here and gets shot on me? <laughs> I don't know. I know a lot of guys are clamoring for it, but I don't think it'll ever happen in my life. Maybe it's. Maybe it's all the tourists, and there'd be some kind of outrage. Or <laughs> it it wouldn't go over the best. Uh, I know we just had a mountain lion season passed here last year, and that was a hotly debated topic too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they uh, people love the mountain lions out here, so I think the cranes would be about the same. Hmm. I don't know if you could keep an old boy from shooting a mountain lion if he was looking at it. <laughs> that's probably true we don't have to worry about that in my neck of the woods <laughs> uh we have them here but never seen one but occasionally one will get killed so hmm. yeah they wouldn't, have 
wouldn't want to be caught out in the dark uh, um, around one of those guys. No. <laughs> Not at all. So, uh, do you, have you been duck hunting this year? I I have, yes. Um, I've been... Man, this season has been like a season of almost and like we scout out the birds we find them and then like the plan just doesn't go to go together and we've had that like so many times in a row like it's crazy the amount of bad luck we had i mean we had like i don't even know it just we'd scout them out we'd be like we're on the x and we'd go there and then like something would you know would change or it wouldn't work out how we thought um and that was kind of the beginning of the season but since then you know here recently i've definitely been a um, getting on some more, more luck and some more mallards. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it could, it's crazy because all the hunts we're going to go on, we thought for sure, like we're going to be like for sure smashes. And, uh, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes in hunting. And unfortunately it was kind of like one right after the other, right after the other, which kind of makes it sting. But, um, you know, kind of last week is when the last couple weeks is when it's turned and we've really been starting to hammer them and do pretty good. How much longer does your season go? Um, so it goes in Indiana. It goes from it goes to the fifteenth. So December fifteenth will be, um, done with the ducks, and then it goes for a split, and it comes back in for the last week and two weekends of December, uh, and then after that, in January, it opens back up to geese, and geese goes all the way till February twelfth. I would assume that last two week in December is your best two week. Uh, yeah, it gets it gets can get really good then. The only problem is it it freezes up, so which is good and bad. It really limits the places you can go. But if you get a spot that you can go to that's got a ton of birds, I mean you can hunt that like crazy for that last week, and you're going to be smacking limits at you know ten yards. Usually, guys that hunt one place hate it. Just hate the splits late in the season. Guys that'll roam usually love the splits yep yep it's just if you can get get on you know big water or on the river or find a stream that you know comes off the river and that's last year that last week we had a a little creek that came off of the river and i mean we're talking like it was wind chills in like negative 18 degrees and everything else was freezing up we had this fast flowing creek and it was like shin high water um, you know, throw like six mallard decoys out there and, and they'd just be pouring in there and you're shooting your limit in like five minutes. So if you can find a spot like that, late season's awesome. Right. So I, I figured you guys got, I've never been up to your state. We, we get like just mallards, um, at least in my section. Uh, I almost right. shoot no other ducks. You, you don't even stick around for your bonus ducks. You're just like, well, got my mallards and I'm done. Right. Uh, there's a big, there's a big, I think it's a waterfowl, it might be a deer and turkey show that I've been needing to go to for a long time. Oh yeah? Is it the indie one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've never been to it. Yeah, I've been, I've been up to that one last year with, uh, HGR Innovations and we're going again this year. It's a good, it's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a dealer that went to it for the last like four years, so I have cracked up there mm. well if you you make it up there you know let me know and i'll <laughs> be sure to stop by and say hey we may try to do that one this year depends on what my dealers do 
if he's going up, then I'm he's so nice. But all right. Well, so I guess I guess uh, you know real quick. Um, want to talk about Lightsol. Uh, we thank them for um, being part of our podcast. And one, one product that I really love that they have is their headlamps. Um, if you guys, I don't know if you guys are familiar with their products at all or, or not, but uh, they have this really sweet headlamp, um, really powerful, and you can narrow it down or widen it. Um, and it just, you know, a great tool. Everybody obviously has a headlamp when you go duck hunting. Um, at least, I mean, do you guys both use headlamps when you go out there? Oh yeah. Every day. <laughs> I, I forgot mine. Um, you know, actually misplaced. It wasn't in my blind bag. Uh, and I got out there and you're just almost screwed without it. So, you know, having a really strong headlamp, um, is just kind of vital to duck hunting. Um, and you know, not getting lost, not getting into any trouble, you know, not fumbling around with your gear. So, you know, if you guys want to check out Lightsaw, uh, we got a discount code for the podcast. It's Duck Hunt 10. Um, so big thanks to them and be sure to check it out. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the main topic of the podcast. Um, you know, Bobby is the kind of resident expert on <laughs> duck calling and uh, duck calling strategies. Uh, and last time we had him on, I was just amazed by the depth of knowledge you had um, and just hearing about the different ways that your group kind of calls. So uh, if you can kind of give us just just the what, what your kind of strategy is when you go into duck calling um, with your group and everything. You're going to kill me, but uh, they did the deal with the, the uh, volume went quiet again. All right. No, no problem. We'll just uh, do the same thing we did last time and get you right back in here. So just hang on, folks, real briefly. We're going to figure out this technical difficulty and be right back. And... All right, sorry about that. No problem. We are back. So uh, what's the last thing you heard us say? Uh... Nothing about what you said when you said my name. Okay, okay. So, <laughs> so, so right. it's it's Christmas time right now, so my phone goes off just nonstop. <laughs> and I, apparently, when I decline a call, it makes it go. It makes the volume go away. Uh, so, okay, not a problem. Yeah. So we'll jump back into it. So, like I was saying, um, Bobby Hayes, expert caller, and uh, last time we had him on, I was just amazed by the strategy. Uh, in depth of knowledge he had a duck calling so uh this time he's going to go ahead and share all the secrets of duck calling so that when we call the ducks they decoy right into our set first try <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i've got all that going on but i can give you a little bit of opinion well that's uh, so, better than what i got i, I guarantee it. uh so i i teach calling a lot every year um Duck hunting wise, if you can quack and do a little bit of a feed, that's that's all you really need on it. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, fancy that needs to go on when you're trying to just kill a duck. Um, the biggest thing I think people get confused about is if you can quack and make five notes, you can make a lot of different duck. So, but I mean, if, if you have just a basic little quack, 
if you do those five times, you can do them fast, you can do them slow, you can do them quiet, you can do them loud. So that's three or four different ducks right there. Uh, so and by that I mean, so if you go fast with them, you go slow with them. Uh, so that that is the best thing to build. Uh, because generally you'll find that ducks just, they have a particular cadence they like on a given day. Sometimes it's a series of quacks, sometimes it's just quacks, just spaced out. Um, probably one of the, the biggest things I think a lot of guys get wrong is uh, they want to make some kind of noise when the duck's coming in, but they don't particularly want to make a... They don't know what to do when they come in. So a lot of times they end up doing the feet. And uh, if you're like us, most of the time you're hunting someplace that they're not feeding. Uh, we hunt a lot of lobes. That's the main thing we look for uh, is ducks and geese that are on a lobe. So I want to know where they feed. and I want the water after they feed. I don't want the feed most of the time. Uh, the feed is... Uh, in my opinion, more hit and miss than the loaf is. Because you may have two feeds going on with one loaf. Uh, typically, you won't have two loaves. So, uh, back that up. A loaf is just a place they will go to all day and loaf on the water. They usually will not sit on the same water that they sleep on. So, they're going to have a, a roost. And they're going to go out and eat. Or they're going to skip eating in the morning and go straight to the loaf. And then they're going to go eat. And then have a cycle. So... Uh, I hear two things from guys most of the time. They'll either tell you the ducks are call shy or um, they tell you they have to call quietly. Uh, if you ever go out and listen to ducks on a refuge or just someplace where they're happy and contented, ducks have no care in the world whether they're quiet or loud. So typically it's not the volume of the call and it's not that they're they're shy about the call point because ducks are verbal just like we are. They talk all the time. That's that's their main way of communicating is by making noise. So what does what does get weird is when you're looking at ducks, and it's just like us converting having a conversation right now. If I just started screaming at you for no reason, that would be odd. So when you're calling ducks in and you get loud at the wrong times, it's, it doesn't fit the scenario. So that's what I think a lot of guys get confused that it, it's not the volume of the calling, it's the, it's the when did you call so loud. So you can get away with about anything if you do it at the right time. So just the, and the age-old deal is you call in the corner. So a good rule of thumb, if the duck is straight above you, if you can see its belly, don't blow a duck call. Because that's when you get made most of the time. When the duck is straight above you and they're looking down on you. Uh, and you make noise. It doesn't matter if you make a loud noise or quiet. That is generally when a duck is going to pick you out from whatever you've got hidden in. So you can pretty much blow a call anytime they're not looking. Um, now, it's really good to learn to blow the notes that the ducks would use in the actual water they're in. So if you're hunting a loaf, there's not a lot of feeding that goes on in a loaf. They'll chatter, but that little chatter they do that just when they're sitting on the water pecking, that's really more of a, my opinion, it's just a way for other ducks to know where they're at. And they tell them to kind of spread out a little bit. 
uh, it's kind of like kids in a, in a, it's kind of like grade school kids. They, they just make a lot of noise and they all know where each other's at and they kind of know how far away they are. It's the same thing. So what I try to get the guys to do is instead of learning this little feed sound that everybody likes to do when they're trying to be quiet, that sound, that's a spacing sound. Generally ducks do that in the air. Everybody just needs to learn to just make really soft little sounds for duck calls. So quack. That little fine sound is generally what will kill ducks. Uh, when you're talking about finishing instead of the feed. Feeds are great. They work certain days. Uh, even when they're not feeding, they still work. But for the most part, I will go to the little subtle sounds long before I go to some big aggressive feed call. If if I'm not on a feed. So learn when to blow the duck call. So basically when they're not looking at you is a good rule. Uh, learn when you can blow it loud. So loud is for attention. So if the duck is going away and you want it to turn or do something that it's not currently doing, that's when you get loud. If the duck is doing something that you want it to do, you can start to get quieter because you already did something you wanted to hear. So probably coming at you so then you can tone down your call uh a good rule of thumb i try to blow a duck call just loud enough that i think you can hear it so i want it to have to strain just a little bit to hear what i'm doing i don't want it to be super easy for it to hear so however far the duck is away i imagine how much volume i have to make for just barely to be able to hear it and that's what i always consider about the right amount of volume uh, you can generally tell if you've done something crazy on a duck call too hard because it looks like you got shot. And I know everybody's seen that. <laughs> where you make a sound and it goes, no, don't like that at all. Uh, that's too much volume. So uh, now, again, I'm not talking about just ducks flying over and you're trying to get their attention. I'm talking about stuff that's actually coming into you. Uh, so, like I said, just loud enough that you think it can hear it. So, in just at the bottom end of what you think you can hear. I want it to strain a little bit to try to hear it. So that way, if it's if it's straining and it's liking, it's going to get closer to the sound. Uh, if it can hear it, obviously, and it's liking it, then you got more chances of making that duck go away because it's too loud. So just as loud as it needs to be. Uh, and then the other thing, uh, like I said, you got to learn little fine sounds. That's a great thing to practice. So. If you've got ducks coming in and you don't need a feed call, because you're not on a feed, instead of the that a lot of guys do, just a little. A lot of times, just something to keep their attention. That's a great little sound to learn how to make. I kill a lot of ducks with just just quacks. Um, to kind of interject on that. When you have a group of people, do you have everybody kind of make that call together or? No, typically, uh, typically when we have, say there's, there's four of us. Uh, I got one guy on the left, one guy on the right. So if I'm on the left and my guy's on the right, I don't call it the birds on the right. That's his job. I call it the birds on the left because I don't want to do a note. I don't want to over call over him. So if I can't see what they're doing, I can't call them. So most of the time I, I hunt with the same guys. So I know if my guy's making this sound or at this volume, I know whether the ducks are getting closer, whether they're getting farther, whether we got them or we don't. Uh, 
and that's the two or three guys because we'll cycle through those positions, but I know what is going on by what sounds they're making. Um, we, we will typically have a guy in the middle of us on a whistle. So you'll have two, two readed calls and one whistle in the middle to make a fill-in. We may have uh, two whistles in the middle if there's four of us. Uh, now, if we are hunting something with a feed, then we may have one guy that does nothing but run a feed. That's all he does. Not a real loud, crazy feed, just a feed, so there's a lot of background. That'd be more of like cutting a drive field. Uh, so, the, the best thing to learn are quacks, cadences, and anything that's nice and, and soft. Uh, now, if the ducks are far out and you're trying to get their attention, we can do anything you want. Whatever makes them come to you is fine at that point. Highball item, big raspy quacks, you can feed as hard as you want. Once they start to you, that you know that's fine. Because uh, at that point, you're just trying to get attention. But I'm talking about once they're there. Because uh, I think the other thing, there's a lot of things that have to work together to get ducks to come to you. You got the call, which can be an attractant. You've got the, the actual real estate you're sitting on, which is the biggest attractant of all of it. Uh, and then you've got decoys, and most of the time you have spinner. So what I always look at a duck, what duck calls as mostly, is their way to place the ducks where you want them in the hole you're in. So you can manipulate a duck with sound. So if you're on a pond, a slough, or whatever, and you're set up correct with the wind, you can manipulate where you want the ducks to land to get them in gun range. Same as you can with that with a spinner, a decoy. So that's that to me is the biggest usefulness of a duck call, is instead of letting them, because they hunt sound, instead of them being 30 yards this way, 40 yards this way, they're going to come to the sound. They're going to come to the sound inside the decoy. So that's that's the that's the biggest attraction of it. So, uh, and the more real you can make the call sound, the more they'll hunt the sound. Like I said, that's how, in my opinion, that's how ducks get by most of the time is by sight and sound. So kind of um, another question on that. So you're saying you can pretty much move them closer to you by, um, you know, sure. with your calls. So does that kind of, yeah. would you say that's more important than like uh, your decoy placement or where does that fall along in like a kind of hierarchy of importance well, when you're decoying birds in? Well, the decoy, the, the placement of the decoy is important because, if, like you said, if you're wrong-winded in the hole, you'll never put the ducks in the decoys. Uh, what you can do, and probably everybody's seen this, so you're set up correct, so wind's at your back, ducks are coming straight in on you. Uh, you'll have ducks come down, and you'll make a little more noise at them, and they'll kind of flutter here, and then they'll flutter a little closer to the noise, and then they'll flutter a little. To see, the, they're just hunting the sound out. So they're getting closer to the sound. Uh, so it's a way to manipulate them to where you want. Them. That's that's the finishing part of the duck hunt. Hmm. Very interesting. So uh, mallards hunt sound down very hard. Uh, you can, I mean, like especially in the morning. So. Next time you're out and it's dark, uh, 
and you're sitting in the blind, just a good day, and you've got ducks just dropping in before it's shooting time, and it's dark, and they can't really see the ground yet. Uh, see, see if you can make one land on you, because they'll <laughs> flutter around over the pool. But you know, they'll start hunting that hen out, and they'll try to land on top of your lamp. Well, that's because they're hunting sound out. Have they you ever been successful with that? <laughs> What's that? Have you ever been successful with that? What do you mean? Like having them land on your layout blind. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, huh. oh, yeah, they'll do They'll do stupid things trying to find sound. Specs oh, wow. are super bad about it, too. A speck will hunt sound down more than any other bird that, that I've ever, in my opinion. Uh, you'll watch a speck. A speck will just sit there and hang in the wind and just crank that head looking for that that speck. They're super, they're super bad about it. Mm. Uh, they're so bad about it. A lot of times you'll get burned on like high wind days because they'll just sit there and hang and they want the sound to finish. But, you know, if you make the sound, they're going to pick you out. They're going to figure out where it's coming from because they have so much time to look at it. But, yo, gosh, specs are terrible about how to sound. Uh, we, uh, We'll do so. We'll dry feed hunt a lot with just with just spinners, no other d, just the hmm. uh, like the lucky ducks. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times we'll hunt edges that just stand in the trees on a crop field, and, and uh, be amazed at how many ducks try to get inside the trees, trying to figure out where your sounds coming from. They're just on your sound. Hmm. So. Yeah. I'm curious no, as oh, sorry. I'm I'm curious as to your opinion on like whistles and stuff. Where do those factor into like your calling strategy? I, think whistles are I sell them, so obviously I'm going to say they're a good tool. But I wouldn't sell them if I I wouldn't make them if I didn't think they were good. Uh, I think whistles are fantastic. Um, Drakes talk a lot. Uh, Witchin talk a lot, and I am thoroughly convinced that. Uh, you cannot call pintail in with a mallard hen call. They just could care less. If they're with mallards, yeah, but just a set of pennies work way better to a whistle, in my opinion. We hardly ever call a set of pintails in with mallard call. So, uh, we're, as a matter of fact, if we get a lot of pennies around, we're very particular about not blowing a call at them, just the whistle. Uh, hmm. We always have a guy on a drake whistle when we're hunting mallards. So, so what's a... Uh, what's a a pintail whistle sound like i know it differs from the mallard whistle they just have a like a roll just that okay and then like your widget is so typically uh and then your mallard but we always we always have a guy on a whistle so just non-stop whistling What's that? Does he just nonstop whistle the whole time? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Just background noise. So we hardly <laughs> ever go go through a day without hearing Drake's whistle. So it's and the other thing that's absolutely great about a whistle is you're never going to spook a duck off with a whistle because they're just not that loud. If you've got somebody that that can't call but wants to participate, they can blow a whistle all day long and not hurt anything. So it's great for new guys, it's great for new gals, it's great for kids, uh, and it's helpful. So 
uh, yeah, you should always have a whistle in the group. Hmm. Well, I've definitely, I know since the last <laughs> podcast we had, I've been adding the whistle more and more. So it's, uh, no, I've, uh, they've caught on the last three or four years since, uh, there's a, a there's a lot of good whistle makers and they're, they're nicer whistles now than the little cheap $3 plastic. Mm-hmm. The little deeper sound and they got more volume. Uh, they're just a little bit nicer to hang on your wing. So, uh, we call a lot of widgeters too. Widgeters are super responsive to a whistle. Awesome, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, any kind of other strategies you got for your calling that you'd like to add in on that? Uh, typically, I would tell guys when you set up on a hole, and your first bunch of ducks is probably going to tell you whether or not they want a little bit of calling or they want a lot of calling. So as a general rule of thumb, if I can let a duck spin me two or three times on the before I call at them, uh, they spin you two or three times and you hit them with a little bit of a quack, 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 and they lock up and they probably want to hear a call play. If they spin you and you make some sounds at them and they don't get any lower, they're probably going to want less calling. That's a good way to that's a good way to judge your day. So, yeah. So, here's a question for you, kind of on that um, along those lines. So, one of the things you're kind of saying earlier earlier is you don't want to uh, call when they can see you. So, one kind of dilemma, you know, I've always been told that if you call them in, you want to kind of keep making the same sound all the way till they finish because that's what they want to hear. So, but the closer they get, the more likely they are to see you. So, kind of, what's your thought on that? Should you call them all the way uh, into the decoys? Or? Ducks and geese vary a little bit on this. So, typically, ducks, for the most part, if you've got a duck lined up and they're doing their thing and their wings are locked and they're coming in, they will typically finish on their own if they're already to that point. Uh, so, kind of how you gauge that is if the ducks are locked up on you and they, everything looks great, they're like 40 yards out and they look like they're going to put their feet out and actually commit to lean, but they bump off at the last minute. Well, then the next bunch, you try making a little bit more sound at them and seeing if they just need a little more encouragement. So that's where that little soft stuff, if they need the encouragement that day, really helps. It's just I don't want to give them anything that's crazy in volume. I just want enough sound that they keep coming. That's also where whistles come in very handy. If they just need a little more encouragement at the end. Uh, now geese, a lot of times geese, because geese are a bit more bullies than ducks are. When geese get together, they, they go immediately to see their hierarchy. So when they land, they're like a pack of dogs. they got to figure out who's top goose. So typically when geese get on top of each other, they're going to start to get noisy. So typically you call a goose till you shoot a goose most days. Not every day, but most days. Because they're getting down just like dogs are barking at each other, figuring out who's the top goose. Ducks are a little more subtle than that. Um, typically, if we're in layout blinds or A-frames with the boat, anytime a duck is straight above my head, no call whatsoever. Like I said, that's when you'll get made. Now, as soon as I can see tail feathers, then you can blow a call again. If the duck is straight on you, that's okay because typically the duck is looking at your decoys if he's out in front straight on. Right above you is the zone where you just don't want to make a lot of noise in the blind. 
because that's when they can pick you out. Hmm. Hmm. So. Matt, but, you got any uh, calling questions? Uh, I was just kind of curious, you know, uh, just more about the goose calling, like you know, your strategy for goose calling in general. Uh, dark geese, specs. Dark geese. Uh, dark geese, yeah. Um, the 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 best two sounds you can ever make is a clock in a moan. So, uh, the the death moan. So I don't know if you ever been sitting in a on a piece of water or cornfield near that that loner goose that that's a dead goose every time when it moans at you like that. Uh, that's the one that just slides straight in, no doesn't spin, just when they do that death. So, cluck and a moan are the two best things that you got. If a guy can do that, he'll kill geese all day. If you can do a little bit of a, a of just a feed murmur, if this is a great finishing note. If you can just... Just murmur at him with a little cluck in him at the end. That's, that's all you really need to do on a goose. So yeah, you can cluck and moan and then do a little bit of a feed murmur, especially if it's on some place with food. It's just an excited sound at the end. Oh. But hmm. geese typically will want called until you shoot. Uh, like I said, geese geese are very... Geese live in a hierarchy, just pack like a pack of dogs do. So there's a top goose, and then a next goose, and so forth. So when new geese come into those that bunch, they're going to figure out who is top dog immediately. So generally, they get noisier as they get. To so uh, a lot of times, what you'll hear, geese will come in and they'll they'll cluck, cluck, cluck. They'll just hit clucks, and as they get closer to each other, the clucks will just get faster together. They might not get louder. But they just get faster. The cadence gets built up. So typically, we got geese locked up. If if they need sound that day, which most days they do, the clucks just get a little faster together. And typically, they'll they'll get aggressive, and you'll see geese when they want to land, they'll start spreading out, and then they'll start buck 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 at you. So that's that's okay. like I said, clucks, clucks and moans are your two best thing ever to kill a goose. Uh, high pitch beats deep most days. So, uh, that's that's the one thing I see guys do on goose calls that they should go the opposite of. Everybody wants the big, deep goose sound out of a, a goose call. And typically, the higher pitch, will, the sound goes a little bit further, and they just they kill more geese uh, when they're a little higher pitch. So, I always tell guys, err on the side of higher pitch. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, you definitely have a crazy amount of knowledge on this. So. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> a, opinions. <laughs> so well, opinions, knowledge, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but um, uh, specs specs are a little different than the rest of it. Uh, specs are very. Some days they like a lot. Some days they like a little. But they hunt sound out a ton. So the the specs in our area, uh, they've always we've always had a lot of specs out west, but on the east side of the state in Missouri, there's just more specs now than there was seven or eight years ago, a lot more. Um, so guys are starting to get into more spec hunting. Like 
uh, five years ago, I never got a request for a spec call. We sell regular now. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Um, so the biggest thing about spec calling is spec decoys. Specs hunt sound, and specs will absolutely sit there and look for spec decoys. So you don't need a ton. Like we'll throw out a dozen or two dozen inside the spread, just something they, something that they can key on and see. Uh, specs are amazing. They work like a duck. Specs are straight down. They'll call like a duck. Uh, they're fun bird to hunt. Do you I'd guys love to get, hunt specs. You gotta have them in Nebraska. Yeah, we get a few mainly during the reverse migration. Uh, yeah, January is our best on specs. We'll get them real early, and they'll blow down to Arkansas. But then when they come back up, that's that's when we get them the most. Yeah, you'll see them all the time during snow goose hunting too. Yeah. We don't really get them. Uh, maybe on the west side of Indiana, but not much where I'm at. Not much Unfortunately. where you're at. No, I'd love to. I, I don't. Uh, I've never seen them where we hunt, so I'd love to though. <laughs> like I said, we used to have a few, not many. You'd hardly ever see them on the Missouri side. I mean, a little bit here and there but not enough to hunt, and they're all over. Mm. So guys are starting to chase them. Super fun call to learn to blow. Easy call to learn to blow. It's ten times easier than learning to short range. <laughs> uh, and they, you can make a lot of different notes on a spec call, but you just don't need much to kill. If you can yodel a little bit, you can kill a spec. <laughs> so they're a super fun thing to learn. Uh, awesome. And I can, blow a, I can blow a spec call all day long just messing around. like But... <laughs> <laughs> well, bef- before we uh, we wrap this up, go ahead and uh, can you do you mind giving us a little bit of that spec call? Oh yeah, I'd love to hear. <laughs> I've, I've heard <laughs> him at the shows, I think, but um, like I said, we don't have him in my area. Yeah. That's that's a spec. So like I say, if a guy can just learn to. You can kill spec pretty easy. Awesome. So, well, yeah, like I said, perfect. that's definitely on my bucket list. <laughs> Add it to. I got a long uh, bucket list, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good bucket list. They're neat. They're a neat bird. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Yeah, they're a super neat bird. Uh, one of my that's my absolute favorite goose to hunt. Bar none. So, we Sweet. hunt a lot of them over water. All right, Bobby. So you got any uh, you got any hunting plans for the rest of the season? Anything crazy going on? No. We'll we'll be in Kansas for the most of the rest of the season. We'll probably go down. I got a buddy. Uh, it's one of the only guys that uh, that I hunt with on a regular basis besides the stuff I do at home. He runs uh, he runs a deal down in Oklahoma. Uh, you guys should have, his name is Brad Albeck, Albeck's Adventures. He's a guide. Uh, we just go down and fun hunt with him every year, but uh, you, you should give Albeck a call and get him on the show. He is a pile of goose knowledge, and boys kill the living crud out of Lester's. Hmm. I'll uh, definitely add him to the list. Yeah, great guy, fun guy to talk to, but uh, you know, those guys, they're probably killing 100, 200 birds a day for 50 days. So they got it figured out pretty good. Wow, that's a lot of but birds. Those <laughs> little, little <laughs> down there are, are a fun thing to go do. 
Yeah. But well, I guess uh, if yeah, you live in the place, everybody like... should do that because you'll get, you know, you'll get five hundred to a thousand of them landing on you pretty regular. Oh wow! So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a fun. We may we may try to take the cameras down and record it this year. So awesome! That'll be an awesome it's hunt. A challenging film because there's no there's no cover. You're just hunting wheat fields, so there's mm. nothing to hunt. So. That's that's kind of tricky on the cameras. All right. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, as always, man, you're just uh, so full of knowledge, and it's just great to kind of hear your opinions, as you like to call them, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know just the strategies you go into it. You know, you can tell that you have a lot of experience and thought into these. Um, so we really appreciate you coming on again, and go ahead and let people know where they can find you on social media and. Um, where they can look you up if they're interested in, in some of your calls. On Facebook, if you type in Ducklander, if you just type in Handcut, uh, I think it's the hashtag and Handcut, it'll pull up my Facebook page. Uh, and then the website is DucklanderCalls.com. And uh, you can shoot us a message in Texas to send numbers off the site or on uh, Facebook. Uh, the number is 913-219-399 for the shop. But if you want help on calling, uh Give me, a, give me a ring. I help guys all the time. I was hoping Elliot was on tonight because we, we went over a little bit of stuff. I was going to see if he been practicing. <laughs> well, um, it seems like we could go forever with you. You're just, like I said, so full of knowledge. So we'll definitely uh, set up another time, you coming on, and uh, we'll make sure Elliot's taking his vitamin C and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> so he'll be right ready on. to go next time. <laughs> so any last words you want to you wanna say, Bobby, before we sign off here? No, man, I'm good. Alrighty, uh, we appreciate it as always. And Matt, thank you for coming on Thanks, and filling man. in for Elliot. Yeah, hope hope I did a good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, well I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Matt from High Prairie Sportsman, and Bobby from Duck Glander Calls, and we'll see you guys next week. And that's a wrap for this week on the podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in week in and week out and supporting the podcast. Um, this week, asking you again, guys, do us a big favor. Drop that five-star review. We love it and really appreciate it. Also, check us out on YouTube. Ella and I putting out all of our hunts every week over there on YouTube. Um, and that's about it. Hope you guys' season's going well. We'll see you guys next week. Let's go.